homegrown's all right with me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that bell and let it ring. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. I'm Laura Jones in the Zoom room, Al Dynstrick 9, KRCL's punk rock farmer. Hey, Al. Hey, you got to add uh, citizen lobbyists to that, too. That's right. It was Small <laughs> Ag Day on the Hill. We'll hear all about that when Symbria from Red Acre Center joins us. Skywatcher Leo T is back. Stick around to find out how you can support local farmers with the New Roots Community Supported Agriculture Share Program. I've got a slam dance interview about Underdog, a documentary about a farmer in Vermont who also likes to mush. What else is coming up on the show? Um, We have the Painted Roses tonight. Very exciting. These guys are great. Big band. They all, most of them sing. They really work in the harmonies. It's going to be great. Yeah, they just played the Slug Localized Showcase in January. Well, it's still January for another couple of days. And then I heard that they're booked for the Tree Fort Festival in March up in Idaho and a late-breaking gig in two weeks at the Metro. We'll find all about it and hear a couple songs off their new album. In fact, let's go there now. Hey, Painted Roses, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing well, everybody. Please introduce yourselves. Sure, sure. My name is Cole Stalker. Uh, I do vocals and I play rhythm guitar. My name is Shane Wechner and I am the drummer. Hi, I'm Niall Thorley. I play the bass and also do some vocal stuff. Yeah, my name is Alex. I just play the guitar. They don't let me sing. <laughs> <laughs> but we're missing two folks, Cole. Who are we missing? Yeah, that'd be uh, Ali Harris. She plays acoustic guitar and sings. And then Nora Barlow, who's also a vocalist. Al, you track these folks down. What did you hear when you were listening to their music? Boy, you know, I the, the only song I heard was uh, I listened to um, a cover of The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. And boy, oh boy, they killed the harmonies on it like, like perfect. And even have their own thing going. It's really good. Really, really good. Very cool. So you put out an album in the summer, this past summer, Stone Cold Killer. We're going to hear a couple songs off of it. But I also understand COVID has been taking a toll on the band recently. How's everybody doing, Cole? We're all doing pretty well. Um, Ali's currently recovering. Um, Nora had it last week and I I had it the week before. Um, I hope that wasn't because we just kept giving it to each other. But uh, seems like everyone's doing okay. We're getting through it. So the first song we're going to play is The Run. Give us a little background on it. Yeah, that's a song that a friend of ours actually wrote several years ago, Benton Wood. He was in a band called Panther Milk, um, as well as Ugly Boys. Uh, and that kind of just sat in his Dropbox forever. And I, I heard it and I was like, this would be perfect to have Nora sing. So Nora sings lead on that song. And that was the first, actually the second single uh, for Stone Cold Killer that came out last year. This is the Painted Roses right here, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM with the run.
One in four Utahns has a criminal record. February 10th marks the beginning of automatic record clearance in Utah. If you or someone you know needs help with the expungement process, visit cleanslateutah.org, a new nonprofit working to ensure that Utahns don't miss out on opportunities because of their past. Support for KRCL comes from our listeners and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Skywatcher Leo T here as we look up, look around, and get a little bit lost in space. And we can do that by being witnesses in history, which we have been on Monday. After traveling 930,000 miles, the European Space Agency Ariane 5 rocket and the James Webb Space Observatory launched into its final burn to enter its deep space orbit. According to Karen Richon, Webb Flight Dynamics lead engineer at NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center in Maryland, and I quote, the Ariane 5 targeted Webb so accurately that the first and most critical burn was smaller than we had designed, leaving for more fuel and an extended mission, unquote. The spacecraft and scope entered into an orbit called L2 or Lagrange 2, we've been talking about that on the program, pool balls in space, magnetic attraction, gravitational pull, it's planetary physics, folks. Lagrange is named for Joseph Louis Lagrange. This 18th century mathematician came up with a three-body solution where stable configurations allow three bodies to orbit one another while remaining in the same relative position. And the gravitational pull of two masses equals the force needed for a small object or spacecraft in this instance to move along with them. This means that at L2 the gravitational forces of the Earth, the Moon and the Sun are at just the right pole to almost balance an object or spacecraft in space. This orbit ensures that the spacecraft will not use much thrust to stay in orbit and allow the telescope to have an unimpeded view of the universe. While the Hubble Space Telescope orbits the Earth and gives us magnificent views of the universe, Webb will actually orbit the Sun. It's imperative that the telescope stays cool as it will observe the universe in infrared light and detect the faintest signals from objects in our distant universe. Now that Webb is in orbit, the spacecraft will spend the next five months calibrating its instruments. The first images captured by the observatory are expected this summer. And as scientists also look in the Yellowstone Lake of Wyoming to study core samples for climate change over the past 10,000 years, they're finding some patterns. They search for the same types of microbes as Perseverance and Curiosity rovers exploring an ancient lake bed and river delta, looking for signs of similar microbiotic life on another planet, Mars. Maybe there's a bit of symmetry to life after all. It's many cultures, one sky, and one from the same day that Webb entered orbit is from Holiday Mathis from the Casper Wyoming Star Tribune. Hyper-awareness is often linked to anxiety and ignorance to bliss. Neither cliché is true, especially as Mars enters cool Capricorn with wide open eyes. It is possible to be very alert without anxiety. This cosmic omen is a confidence boost and a suggestion to go easy. Shift to internal posture to be calm and watchful. Let it all fall into place. So keep looking up, look around, and get a little bit lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T. Many cultures, one sky. From Skywatcher Leo T, who volunteers to put that together every week for us, Al. I think that's kind of cool. He's an old drummer, right? He is, Leonard. Uh... Played with him many times at the Dead Goat and all around town. He's uh, really an old, he's an old timer. He's been around as long as we have. (laughs) (laughs) 
Check tonight's show notes for a link to his Facebook page, and you can catch up on all his sources and other space news. He's really keeping up a, a great photo log there that he pulls from NASA's images, and that Webb telescope is amazing. All right, Aldine, it was small ag day on the Hill, what, Wednesday? And you were up there, and that's why you're a little horse? Yeah, I think I talked to too many representatives and senators while I was up there. <laughs> You're going to have to check the show notes tonight. Al got a picture with uh, some folks that I'll include in it. But Cymbria Patterson from Red Acre Center is back to report out with you about what went down. So on Wednesday, we have the little luncheon for the farm to table luncheon for the legislators up on the hill. And I think they kind of saw us coming and they all wanted to be there. And that was really cool. And um, I think it re went really well. There's no big bills on the table this time. So you guys focused your energy on education is what it seemed like to me. Send out a nice email that invited folks to come and taste a little bit of what goes on in the Hill. And there was a lot of great response. And we actually had a really nice little private meeting with all the artisans who were there afterward that you had set up. So it kind of took a turn and went another way, but it was really cool. I, I was really glad to be there and be a part of it. Zimbria, tell folks just a little bit about what you did. So, yeah, we've done it a few years in a row. It's to let the legislative body know that there's a local food movement happening. And we were surrounded by not just local producers and farmers, but they were actually the ones that had grown or raised the meat that they were eating, which is a real different experience during the session for them. And we had the Food Coalition there, Slow Food was there, the Flower Association, and they all set up and they got, and there were a lot of, I think the cool part for me is that usually those, I call them dog and pony shows, are, you know, people with big budgets and they're used to coming up there. And we had a lot of folks that we sent an email out to that had never contacted their reps. I know Al, when he came for the first time and they got a lay of the land and they saw that it wasn't that intimidating and they could go to um, committee meetings and that they could talk to these people. And they came in and talked to us, as we, which I thought was cool. We all sat at one table together. So, that the message was just that there's a local food movement happening and the voice is united and we're together and we support each other. I understand you already have the dates out, you two, for the next Utah Farm and Food Conference in January 2023. We do. Laura's going to ask me what it is. <laughs> January 12th. It's the second weekend in January. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think that's January 12th through the 14th from the email I saw you send out, Simria. Al, um, in, you've said this before, that through your, your, your work shining a light on small ag and sustainable food practices, you've gotten engaged in um, civic engagement in a way you, you never have before, from Rock Against Reagan to now uh, being an advocate on Capitol Hill. That's kind of crazy, huh? Well, I think you, you get older and maybe you get a little more mature and <laughs> instead of teenage angst, you can just take a deep breath and go out and talk to these folks. And you can, you, um, you can't believe how, what a nice guy Gene Davis is. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he was, he was so nice and he's so 
into helping us. He said, anytime you have a land issue, let me know. I mean, how many times do small farmers have land issues all, all the, the time. time so he opened a big door right there <laughs> he's he's he may regret that offer but senator gene davis yeah <laughs> that's fantastic and that's the photo i'm going to put in the show post tonight folks you got to check it out because i just it just cracks me up al and i'm just so i'm just so pleased that um this partnership has worked out between uh, you, Punk Rock Farmer, and KRCL, Radioactive, and the Red Acre Center. Cimbria, what's the website where folks can catch up with all you're doing? And you're still going to be on the Hill, what, every Thursday? So every Thursday, we're, we're not going anywhere. We're up there the whole time. But every Thursday, we're calling it Pastries and Politics. We go to some local bakery today. It was Thule. And, um, we, and we are there from 9.30 to 10.30. It's casual. It's informal. We'll give you the lay of the land. We'll talk about bills we've passed, give you a legislative update, but it's for people who might be a little intimidated. We're in a small room. It's, you know, we just want to help people who want to get involved and, and have felt like they couldn't. And this is really approachable. And we were there once, so we know what it feels like. And, that, and we're there every Thursday, 930 to 1030. Anyone's welcome. And what's the website for the center? RedAcreCenter.org. Thanks, Cimbria. Safe travels. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> With TK. And Al, you had a clip you wanted to share from the Utah Farm and Food Conference earlier this month. Set this up. Who are you going to hear from in this clip? So you're going to hear from Lloyd Nelson of Biodynamic Source. He's out of Colorado. If you don't know about biodynamics, here's a little taste, a quick overview of um, what it's all about. It's really, it's um, spiritual, holistic. It's ancient stuff it's it ties into all kinds of really cool stuff it's great i love it here we go lloyd nelson is with me the biodynamic cowboy lloyd um you gave it you gave a a four-hour workshop the other day and and then you kind of did some smaller ones that went into more detail on the same things we're gonna go into big uh not too much detail and try to uh and try to um boil it down a little bit so we're going to talk biodynamics we're talking gravity levity calcium silica um, nine preparations and how they enhance the the energy that's already here in the earth well that's a good introduction there that yeah so we we just wrapped up this really wonderful conference over here and uh, biodynamics now is um, a part of the uh, farm conference now for about uh, the last four or five years and we in biodynamics have a couple main things we really pay attention to and one of the main things is the soil and how to bring health and vitality and rejuvenation to the soil so we have nine different biodynamic preparations which are somewhat like homeopathic uh, medicines for the soil their treatments are used in small amounts but they're high powered so they're energetically enhanced um, and they're all made from things that are available locally. So the idea is that you can take back your power um, in creating fertilizer, your own fertilizer, your own fertility, and bringing health to your land of vitality. So we have one uh, preparation specifically made with the horn or the, ca the cow manure, and that one really works. It's, a, it's an intensification of all the cow's energy, um, and it's a super stimulant for the soil growth and root growth and improving the soil's nitrogen content. 
And then the opposite of that one, which uh, we were talking into, is the silica, which now is the sort of the heavenly energy. And that is, um, we're using crushed quartz crystals that have been ground down and potentized, and we spray that into the atmosphere. And that's, that's going to stimulate all the life above ground. So this used in a small amount, but that used photosynthesis, plant metabolism, keeping qualities, tastes, aroma, essential oil contents, all gets increased. So you're really growing, uh, it helps to grow more vital, vitalized food. And then we have uh, six more remedies we use that are all medicinal herbs. We have yarrow, which is really um, our potassium fertilizer, our natural potassium fertilizer. We have uh, oak bark, so this is a living form of calcium, a living calcium, so it's um, not like uh, the dead and formed of um, calcium carbonate or limestone or something like that. This is a living calcium growing right directly from the outer, so we're only harvesting the very outer bark, it never damages the tree, just the stuff that crusts off. The one we use is stinging nettle also, and stinging nettle is a plant that grows wild, it's a weed. It's people have customarily, they scorn this plant because it's uh, invasive. And it, but what happens when you use this nettle is the, one of the highest uh, plants with nitrogen on the planet. So if you wanna produce a nitrogen fertilizer of your own, you can do that one. That'll stimulate the overall life of everything you have. And then we have our uh, dandelion preparation, which really will open the soils up to uh, creating more uh, fertility. So it really loosens the soil. A lot of in the desert southwest, our soils are really tight. Um, so the other one we're going to use is chamomile, and that's another. Chamomile is a living calcium also, so we have that one. And then our last main one is the valerian. So it's the pressed juice of the valerian flower. So we're just juicing the flowers, and that is our phosphorus remedy. And so that one, we can turn a farm that has low phosphorus uh, availability into a high phosphorus availability just by using this, the juice of the valerian. And then there's one last plant, it's called the uh, Equisetum arvans or the horsetail herb. And that one is the oldest plant on the planet. It evolved as a rock eater before there were any plants, so the only thing it could eat was rocks. Um, and it still exists to this day. It grows out here along our irrigation ditches. That plant has more silica than any other plant on the planet. Now the silica, when you start to you make a tea out of this, spray that on, this works on your mycelium network of your soil. So your soils become more intelligent and the mycelium, the and any disease, uh, blights, fungus, mildews, and stuff like that will go away by using that one of uh, the Equisetum remedy. So, um, I mean, and these are inoculations is, is the way it's, uh, it's put onto the land. Explain a little bit about how that goes. Yeah, so each one of these then are produced. They're produced into a compost, so it's a stabilized humus when it's done. And then we actually put that in water and we stir the water and we wanna, we wanna use the best kind of water we can. And so, um, you know, if you have to use city water, you wanna dechlorinate it by letting it sit out. But you take the water, you stir that, and you're creating a vortex. And what happens is now you're gonna try to, you put these remedies into the water and you're gonna spray that water out. So the water becomes the carrier of, and how the way to apply it. And so you're only using a small amount, like, like three to five, 10 gallons an acre. Uh, of the water, but what's happening, you want to keep your, you know, you, you want to stimulate the soil life and the health of your farm, so these are homeopathic treatments to enliven it, and as soon as you start to use them, they start to work immediately, so you'll start to usually see the effects right away, and so we've had a couple of big farmers out here who are, who are practicing these things, and we've had, um, we've gotten several phone calls this year of increased uh, yields on their hay and vitality in the garden, uh, crop yields increase and things like that, so... 
This is really exciting stuff, Lloyd. I thanks for. I mean, this is boiling it way down, and it's quick and fast, and you got all the info like really quick. If you have a chance, um, look into Lloyd's. Look into what Lloyd's up to. Lloyd, where can folks find some of your stuff online? Or yeah, check me out on Instagram, Biodynamic Cowboy. I'm also uh, <clears throat> have a website called Biodynamic Source. And we are based out of Western Colorado. So I did try to make all these remedies available for the desert southwest, specifically for this climate, which is more challenging to get certain mycelium and health and vitality into the soil because of the dryness. So we have actually been now the, uh, the fungi, the bacteria, the microbes, the, uh, all those things are specific ones that have been inoculated and collected and grown from the desert southwest. So when we put these into your soils, they are in more the indigenous microorganisms that are going to work here. Thank you so much, Lloyd. Um, it's always a pleasure to hear you and hang with you, and uh, we'll see you next year, hopefully, here at the conference. Thanks for having me back on your shows, uh, and I really appreciate it. all the really good work you do. And if you guys, uh, if you get a chance, check out um, all the good, all the fun food and stuff you're cooking up, because this guy's cooking up amazing food every single day. <laughs> Thanks, Lloyd. That was Lloyd Nelson from Biodynamic Source. Check tonight's show notes for a link. And, of course, recorded at the Utah Farm and Food Conference just a couple weeks back. Before we get to another song from our featured band tonight, The Painted Roses, it's time to talk CSAs, Al, community-supported agriculture shares. And one of the great opportunities just opened up recently with New Roots. And joining us, we have Elise Watt with us, logistics specialist in charge of the New Roots program, which is, of course, under the umbrella, Al, of the International Rescue Committee of Salt Lake City. Elise, how are you? Hi, Laura. I'm great. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely, Al. CSAs are a great way for folks to support small growers in our community, right? Sure. Get a really nice veggie box. Uh, Elise, I know a little bit about New Roots, and I know that you guys have about 13 acres that you uh, farm. And so that's quite a few CSAs, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. Um, we actually have two farm sites. Our larger farm site is the 13 acre site and um, the farmers on that land grow for the CSA as well as uh, growing produce for wholesale buyers such as Whole Foods and some local Salt Lake City restaurants and a, a salsa, salsa maker as well. So you can produce an awful lot of food uh, on 13 acres, one plot. And I know the uh, the new roots, I, I, I thought the one in Draper was 10 and the one that's over on Redwood Road was three, but you corrected me on that. But no doubt, it's still a ton of food. The CSA for the next growing season has just opened up. And folks, this is how it works. Before farmers even sometimes plant the CSA shares that you commit to, whether it's with New Roots or another organization or outfit, helps them have a steady, reliable source of income to plan their growing season. It's no different with New Roots, right, Elise? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, CSAs are a great opportunity to uh, get connected with a local farmer um, by paying upfront for a set number of weeks of vegetables. You're providing um, the financial resources that the farmers need to buy seeds, um, and materials at the beginning of the season. Um, and then they, they also know that they have a reliable market for their vegetables during the season. So it's a really, really sweet deal for the farmer, uh, this model. Now at farmer's markets, like the downtown one, and I believe also Sunnyvale, which is the farmer's market arm of New Roots and the IRC in Salt Lake City, you accept SNAP and EBT benefits. Can SNAP and EBT benefits be used to get a CSA share? 
Yes, they, they sure can. This is our second season accepting SNAP EBT benefits for the CSA. Um, and we have three pickup locations uh, for the CSA. One of them is located downtown, um, right in front of the IRC office. We have another pickup location at um, our farm site in West Valley, Redwood Farm. And then our third pickup site is in Draper at Whedon Farm. Um, and both the IRC uh, downtown location and the West Valley Redwood Farm location accept SNAP EBT benefits. So if you're looking to use your Utah Horizon card, um, we, we'd love to have you at those sites. But here's a cool thing, folks listening out there. And Al, I think this is really cool. If folks at one workplace um, get 20 or more employees to sign up, they'll deliver the CSA to that workplace, Elise, correct? Yep, that's right. Um, we have had the pleasure of working with uh, workplaces such as the Salt Lake City Library, um, the Waterford School, uh, Black Diamond. We've had some really great partners in the past, and um, all you have to do is is fill out a form on our website. And if, if you're able to meet that minimum, then uh, we'd be happy to to deliver to your to your door, your workplace door. That's fantastic, Al. I'm looking at all the things that New Roots offers that that's unique, and one that just caught my eye, Al is a work share or a barter with a farmer program. So folks that um, are really struggling or are just starting out, there are other options, Al, and that's kind of cool. That, that's totally cool. You know, um, the New Roots in itself and just where they get their farmers from is pretty cool. Uh, why don't you give us a little bit of background on the international aspect of your farmers and the refugees that work for you guys and grow all the food. And the bartering and volunteer program. Um, yeah, sure. I'd be happy to talk a little bit more about that. So the International Rescue Committee um, is a global humanitarian organization. Uh, it operates in over 40 countries and over 20 U.S. cities. Um, it's focused on refugee resettlement and post-settlement services, so helping folks get set up um, with housing and employment, among other things. And New Roots um, is a post-settlement program that is focused on food access. And um, we have a farm incubator program as well as a network of community gardens. Uh, so all of the farmers that are growing for the CSA um, are, are or were previously of refugee status. Um, we have folks from all over the world. Um, and yes, our, our volunteer programs um, provide an opportunity for you to work for your veggies. So through the CSA, you can come to Weedon Farm for four hours on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and in exchange, you'll receive a full share valued at $35 of organically grown vegetables. Um, and we also have a new work share program this year uh, that we're calling <laughs> working title, Barter with a Farmer. Uh, and that provides an opportunity for volunteers that might not be able to meet that strict schedule required for the CSA work share, which is limited to Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, this Barter with a far Farmer program uh, helps us match volunteers with farmers that have a similar schedule. So you can get on the farm uh, and help the farmer with harvest or, or whatever other land management assistance they might want. That is so cool. We're talking with Elise Watt of New Roots and the IRC in Salt Lake City. Time to sign up for CSAs. It's that time of the season, Al. And I also noticed a couple of unique add-ons. Why don't you tell us about the add-ons with the CSA, Elise, please? So we have a couple of really exciting things going on this season. Uh, we are continuing a partnership with Roots Charter High School, which is a farm-based high school located in West Valley. Um, they will be providing 
uh, eggs for us. Um, so you can sign up to receive eggs on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis. Uh, and they have an exciting new option this year uh, that will be available through New Roots. And it is a cut flower CSA. So you can sign up to receive a bouquet of flowers for five or 10 weeks during the CSA season. Um, and we're, we're very excited about those options. Wow, such a great growing season coming on, Elise and Al. And I just want to bring this kind of full circus. Cir I just kind of want to bring this full circle to the CSA season that's starting. Um, when do people need to sign up? Is there a cutoff? And then when can they start receiving and remind folks how they can pay? Yes, absolutely. Um, so our CSA this year will be running for 18 weeks between June 29th and October 26th. We um, have pickups on Wednesday afternoons between 4.30 and 7 p.m. at the three sites that I mentioned earlier. Um, and we accept multiple forms of payment. You can pay online with credit or debit card. You can pay by check by mailing it to the IRC office or dropping it off at our office in person. Or you can pay with SNAP EBT benefits, in which case uh, you do not pay ahead of time. Rather, you pay at the time of pickup. And we are excited to offer uh, shares at half price for those using SNAP EBT benefits through uh, the Double Up Food Bucks program. And when do I need to sign up for the CSA if uh, I'm ready to commit? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, our signups close uh, kind of depends on demand, but last year we, we closed signups on May 1st, having reached capacity at that time. But our goal this year is to uh, have all of the customers signed up and paid off by June 1st. So we've got a couple months ahead for, for people to sign up. And again, remind us of the farmers. Maybe you can shed a little light with a story or two about how many and uh, what their background is and the cool veggies they grow because that's how Al and I first really started bringing new roots into the program, right? Al was experiencing the variety of veg at Sunnyvale that we hadn't seen before in Utah. That's right. Yeah, and uh, thank you for centering the farmers because we, we love that's the, the greatest part about this program is the opportunity to to support um, refugees in our community. Uh, right now for the CSA, we have uh, three farming families that are supporting this 200 person CSA. So they're working really hard during the season. Um, two of the farmers are originally from South Sudan. Um, another farmer, Bashir, is from Burundi. Um, and the, all these farmers have collectively generations worth of them are, are coming from their home countries with a lot of agricultural experience. Um, and they grow, as you mentioned, a, a wide variety of crops, including some some varieties that might be unfamiliar to our CSA customers, but are staples within the homes of the farmers. Um, this can include leafy greens like amaranth uh, and molokia, uh, which are, are really great uh, greens to saute and use in soups, um, and African eggplant, which is sort of a small uh, round white plant, uh, white eggplant that does really well at our Sunnyvale farmers markets um, among customers there. And uh, yeah, all of all of our farmers uh, who are going for the CSA have been in the program multiple years. So uh, this is their livelihood during the summertime. And uh, we're actually excited to be bringing on a new farming couple uh, who will be sort of leveling up from Redwood to start growing wholesale and CSA at Whedon. So we're expanding, expanding our, uh, our cachet of growers. So that's great. And I just love supporting the program because of all it does for the folks in it and to build community. So congratulations on uh, another growing season coming up, Elise. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thanks for having, having me on and 
uh, look forward to seeing everyone sign ups. Thanks so much, Elise, for being here. Will you tell us one more time, tell folks where the website, where they can get in touch with you. For sure. Uh, so you can head to our website, uh, newrootsslc.org. Uh, I can, can check out our CSA tab for information about how to sign up. And we also have uh, a get involved tab and a work share tab where you can explore opportunities to volunteer. Uh, and our Instagram handle is of a similar name, new roots SLC. Uh, so be sure to give us a follow or, or send me an email at Elise, E-L-I-S-E, period, Watt, W-A-T-T, at rescue.org. Thanks, Elise. Thank you. Thanks so much. When we come back, Al, I know you know this, but I'm taking over your Urban Farm Report because when you were down in Cedar City, I had a chance to talk with a farmer in Vermont who's featured in a slam dance film called Underdog. So that's coming up, Al. That's kind of cool. That sounds really cool. Right up our alley. Let's get another song, though, from The Painted Roses. You guys are working on a single, um, and you're in the studio, so you're busy. What's going on with that? Yeah, we're just finishing up a double single. Um, you know, we just love being in the studio. So we just released a record last year and just decided to start going for it again. So those songs will be out in the next month or two. Um, and we're pretty excited about those. I think we've kind of adapted our sound a little bit and grown as a band a lot. Um, and we're just having a great time in the studio making these things. So, But you just booked the Metro in two weeks. So folks might be able to hear the new stuff live. Yep. Yep, we will be playing those songs that night. So what's the date for the Metro? February 12th, that's a Saturday. Cool, we'll put it in our show notes, Al. Tell us about Mellow Man, this next song off Stone Cold Killer. Yeah, um, I can start on that and maybe someone else can speak to it as well. But I wrote that song a few years ago. Um, I was reading these old 50s magazines for some reason, just kind of looking at these retro articles and a lot of the lingo that people used um, back then was kind of strange to me. And so, I wrote that song. It's it's a love song. And I used a, a lot of 50s uh, pet names for someone that you're in love with to write that song. So the lyrics are kind of interesting. This is Niall speaking. I, I wasn't always a member of this band. I joined kind of recently, but I remember going and seeing the Painted Roses shows and Mellow Man was always kind of the song that after the show was stuck in my head. You know, it's kind of the the one that I don't know. It, it, it's a song that sticks with you a little bit. And I, I say this not as a member of a band of the band, but as a fan of the band, uh, I just adore this song. I think it's super fun to listen to and even more fun to play. So I'm excited that I get the chance to do that now, but, uh, but yeah, it's a great, uh, it's just a catchy one sticks with you. Painted roses with mellow man, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM.
Support for KRCL comes from the Mobile Moon Co-op, a female and queer collective and mobile apothecary offering handcrafted herbal products, teas, and cultural events and workshops. More information at mobilemooncoop.org or on social media platforms at Mobile Moon Co-op. Welcome back to Radioactive on KRCL. I'm Laura Jones. At 7 o'clock tonight, it's Democracy Now!, followed by Not a Sideshow with Circus Brown at 8 and Friday Night Fallout with Keith and Nate at 10.30 tonight. You can get the full programming lineup on our website, krcl.org. Click the programming tab. And that's my And you can listen to any show over the last two weeks on demand, including Punk Rock Farmer Fridays and the Radioactive Show. And Al, so Aldine, while you were down in Cedar City, Vermont, I started doing some interviews around the film festivals Utah Farm and, and Slam Dance, which is getting underway you. as we speak. Is, uh, he's got a Laura, film about this really Vermont great, farmer thanks. called Underdog. So sit back, Al. Um, you would really like this guy. So what's his name? His name's Doug Butler. The filmmaker's Tommy Hyde. The film is Underdog, showing its slam dance as we speak. Here's our conversation. Underdog follows a Vermont farmer as he leaves the only home he's ever known to chase his dreams of dog mushing in Alaska. In the era of the pandemic, the journey extends to all those who have faced down loneliness, isolation, and forces beyond control. In fact, let's get a clip here from Underdog. Okay, the longest time in my life that I left the farm, I think it was five nights up in Maine. Got to the ocean and everything. It was September 20th, you know, 1975. You get into this groove of Got to milk the cows, got to do this, got to do that. 
then pretty quick. Uh oh, where the hell's time going? All right, the next trophy. This is probably the most popular trophy that we do and give out every year as a special trophy. It's the Barbara Hubbard Memorial Trophy. And it goes to the driver who does the most in promoting the public image of sled dog racing. And I don't think there really should be much question as to who's getting that this year. Doug Butler. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, it's, this sport is unreal. All you people are fantastic, you know. And like I tell so many people that this, this people in this sport is just fantastic. You can't find better people. And more, like, look at that, my old buddy Guy there. He's got a sweet wife. She takes care of me, does everything for me. How he ever caught her, I just can't imagine. You know, but thank you, everybody. You're the greatest people I know. This is the highlight of my life coming here at this race. Thank you. Like a true nature child, we were born, born to be wild. Yeah! Kick some ass, ready? Rock and roll is here to stay. Come on, go catch up. Yeah, Freddy, you can do this. Oh, chuck, 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 chuck. Get him, baby. Oh, did you see that pretty lady leg? Did you? And that is Vermont farmer Doug Butler in Underdog, a documentary from my guest, Tommy Hyde, producer and director at Mosaic Films. Hey, Tommy, how are you? What's up, Laura? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're hoping Doug can ring in here in a minute on our Zoom call and join us. In the meantime, you actually discovered Doug when you were an architecture student. My my freshman year in college, oh, like 10 some odd years ago, um, I took a class. Um, where we went out in the local community and um, told a story uh, about um, someone in town. And uh, my professor told me about this quirky dairy farmer on the outskirts of town who uh, raced sled dogs in his free time. And lo and behold, that was Doug. And um, I'd never held a camera before or, um, you know, shot anything before in my entire life. And Doug was this fascinating character. And rather slowly i sort of learned to record some of it and the the film you'll see as a part of slam dance which is virtual this year um is a result of that that incredibly long process well so you've been filming him on and off for a decade it seems yeah yeah so i just always had a camera there um and and at a certain point i started blending into the background um and uh it just seemed like um doug no matter what he was faced with um, had this just over the top optimistic uh, viewpoint on the world. And um, maybe he'll be able to share a little bit more because I think he might have just pinged in. Hey, Doug, is that you pinging in? This is the bad guy of the Northeast. How are you today? Uh, doing well. And I've been forewarned by both Tommy and the screener link he sent me that you are quite the character. In fact, uh, in the clip that we played, uh, you're having a lot of fun on the the sled dog course and uh, make a joke about drinking and driving. <laughs> Someone hands you a beer as you slide on by. Well, yeah, I don't want to get dehydrated out there. <laughs> How many years has your family been on this farm in Vermont, Doug? Well, my grandparents are in Little Ireland, Starksboro, and they had a farm, Emerson Farm on one end, Butler Farm on the other end. I think they got sneaking through the woods up there. They went to Rocky Ford, Colorado by horse and covered wagon with three children. In 1925, my father was born in Rocky Ford, Colorado. Then my grandparents with four children came back by horse and covered wagon and bought the farm in 1926. 
But I wonder how many times they stopped at McDonald's or or a road uh, stop or something. <laughs> they had to stay hydrated as well on their journey back to <laughs> to Vermont. So so Doug, this is a. I'm kind of curious what you think of what Tommy has captured because I mean he'd been filming you on and off for so long. I'm guessing he just became part of the farm. And uh, were you surprised at what ended up in this documentary? Yes, yes. I mean, there's a lot of things he didn't dare show too. But uh, you know, he he's a great guy. Don't tell him I say it. He's a great guy. He's a lot of fun. And when we went to Fairbanks, Alaska, that was such a wild, exciting trip. That drive on the Alaska Highway, the views, you know, the danger. I can't explain it. So if you folks ever have a time, drive that Alaska Highway. And people would tell us, don't drive at night. Because, you know, like bison are laying the roads, there'd be moose or something, and there's no guardrails. If you go off the road up there, you're just wolf food or something. And uh, it was kind of funny with Tommy. We always ate someplace. We never stopped at McDonald's and ate. We always ate some fancy, nice place. And and uh, I can go on for hours about stories on the trip up and how much fun it was. Well, why did you get into dog sledding? Because I can tell it rejuvenates you from the farm. Well, years ago... Went up the road, you know, 45 minutes to a, a dog race. And uh, I just, you know, as a farm boy, we always had hounds and all this stuff. My grandfather, my father, and all that. So there's always dogs with us. Went to that dog race and saw those dogs running. So how fun and exciting that was. And on the way home, picked up the newspaper. And in the classified, I found the five-dog Siberian team for sale. So we bought it. How many dogs do you have today and what kind are they? Right now, if no one's listening... You know, I got uh, nine pups who were born three weeks ago, so we're probably around 60 dogs someplace like that with youngsters. And and uh, what I like to do with these babies is when they retire, I like to place them to a family, especially older families, because it's great for the people and great for the dogs. I'm kind of curious about the other aspect of the film, and you touch upon it in a couple of times, and that's about the decline of the American farmer, fewer than at any time in our, our history as a country, not to mention the isolation and loneliness and the fact that um, mental health and suicide are on the rise among those farmers that still exist, Doug. Yeah, it is. I mean, when you have this in your system and, and the people don't understand how important agriculture is and, and uh, all these crazy farmers, their idea in life is to feed people properly. You know, there's nothing more. I almost said a, a man thing. I cut myself so I didn't say that. Maybe I should say get Tommy to yell at me, but you know agriculture is so important, and and uh, we need to put proper food into all these great people's bodies, especially young innocent children or you know the old guys, because we want the old guys to be able to chase the nurses and things like that. So the idea of agriculture is what all these farmers do is want to help people, and it's so important. When we had all these little local farms, all that money was spent locally. It helped all the the local communities and all that. Um, and I can remember as a kid, all the little farmers worked together, helped each other. It was like a huge family. It was just unbelievable, you know? Yeah, I miss that stuff. And, you know, like I got a call once from a number, and this lady was talking to me, and she goes, we know you were in agriculture all your life. We know you were involved with 4-H. We know you rescued herds. We know you moved cattle. She started talking about farmer depression. And then it went to farmer suicide. I said, whoa, whoa, ma'am, are you trying to make me happy? And she said, yes. I said, well, then come on over. You can dance on the table, slowly throw your clothes off. And the phone line went dead, and I don't get no more suicide cards. Oh, wow, Tommy. So that's what Doug's talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, hi, Tom. 
I that's what he means when he says not everything was included. No. Um, that aspect of the film is important, it sounds like, in terms of what you want viewers to take away from it, Tommy. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, this interview is a good indication of a lot of what I tried to do in the film, which is just basically get out of the way um, of Doug's story. And so the whole film presents in the sort of fly on the wall cinema verite style where you're basically just shotgun um, with Doug in the truck going to Alaska with Doug at the farm table going through bills with Doug um, at the lawyers, the bankruptcy lawyers meeting. And it's really his resilience and his optimism that that shines through. Um, and I think those types of optimistic twists on the sort of farm declining farm narrative, which has become so unfortunately common, um, isn't really captured all that much. And, 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 my hope is that Doug Doug is a really incredible and empowering example um, for any other farmer who might be going through this, the same thing or, or anyone else, especially during the pandemic, who might be wrestling with, with some of these, these same feelings. Well, Tommy, we'll put links in the show notes tonight for the screenings, the virtual screenings during Slam Dance of your film Underdog. But where what's happening with the film outside of the festival? How can people catch up with it? Yeah, so um, you can give us a follow on Instagram. We'll we'll throw those links um, as well your way. Um, and um, yeah, check out the the Slam Dance lineup. That's the best way to connect right now. Um, there are um, an incredible uh, list of films that are on offer, and the virtual pass is only ten dollars, which is kind of unheard of. Um, and um, really excited to be taking a part. I'm sorry we're not going to be able to be out in Park City in person. Um, but as Doug might say, we'll be out to bother you um, another time in the near future. Well, Doug, I wanted to give you the last word on this. What's the state of your family farm today and uh, and your dogs? Well, I, I would tell Tommy, we got to run back to Fairbanks this year. Just have another wild time. Uh, in the farm, you know, I got a beef business going. We sell hay. You know, we rent out some land and all that. Well, I want to keep this place in agriculture to feed people. And it, we've got a beautiful views from this farm, the Green Mountain one, one way, the Adirondack Mountains in New York the other way. And the idea is to still, uh, I got a crazy son, crazy Casey, I call him. He's a workaholic redneck hillbilly. And uh, he doesn't know it, but his name is on everything. So if a jealous husband shoots me, then see, he's a happy boy. He's got everything. So we've got to keep everything going here, keep it in agriculture. And then I got a redneck hillbilly grandson that is stepping in also so i see things coming together and and uh, to continue help the environment and help people vermont farmer doug butler and filmmaker tommy hyde the subject of the film underdog now showing at slam dance which is all virtual check tonight's show notes for a link and that's our show al dime but we have time for one more song from the painted roses you know we haven't heard from guitar player alex schneider or the drummer shane wagner yet so i think we need to call them out okay and will you guys uh, explain a little bit about what this song, My Day, is? So I know this was actually the first song. This is Shane. Um, this is the first song that Cole ever wrote, I think. From the first time I heard it, probably like two and a half years ago to now, it's definitely changed a lot. Um, it used to be a lot more country and a little less rock and roll, um, but over time, we went in and just changed everything about it in like one rehearsal, I think two days before we recorded it. Um, 
And it was a lot of fun to record. I think this was probably the hardest one to record because we actually recorded this whole album live with just uh, me, Alex on guitar, and our bass player. And this song is the longest, but it's also got the most changes. So it was definitely the hardest one to record, but it was also, I think, the most rewarding one to record. Alex, a challenge? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, recording this, like Shane said, it had a lot of parts, um, a lot of changes. You know, originally, like he said, this was a more simple kind of folk acoustic country song. And then thanks to some like creative decisions, I would say largely from like our kind of temporary producer, Josh Harmon, who's in the Backseat Lovers, came to help us out. And Sam Johnson, who used to be in the band as our bassist, we kind of all worked together along with some of Cole's ideas too, to add this like second half to the song and kind of take it in a new direction. Uh, just made it much more complex and much more challenging to take on, especially playing it in like a live recording context. But just like Shane said, I think it was the most rewarding. So a little bit of uh, influence from Donnie and Marie, it sounds like you started out a little country <laughs> and you went a little bit rock and roll. We might be too old for that reference, Al. Maybe only you and I. Yeah, maybe. yeah I, I know. I, I know that was kind of crusty to pull that out. I knew you'd get it, though. I knew you'd get it, Laura. <laughs> Any comparison we can draw between us and Donnie and Marie Osmond is is appreciated. Well, Cole, is it your first song that you wrote, My Day? Yes, it was. Uh, I was too nervous to play this in front of even my parents. I wrote this in my bedroom, and that was the only thing I'd play for a while. And finally, I kind of worked up the courage to start a band. And yeah, this one's a special one to me. Okay, talk about that. You finally worked up the courage to start a band. I mean, Al and I have been around a crusty minute and have been in many, many bands. And that's like, we got to take that leap, right, Cole? Yeah. Well, I mean, the story behind that is I had a childhood friend uh, who passed in a car accident, actually. And I was 22 at the time. And it really freaked me out. And I'd had this dream my whole life. And I was too scared to play in front of anybody. And that happened. And I, I just made the decision to go for it and started going to open uh, mic nights and met these, these characters. And now we're here. So out of, out of tragedy comes... Uh, some art that can help you deal with it, Cole. That's that's a. Uh, I'm sorry for your loss, first of all, but that it prompted you to take that dive into music is fantastic. Where can people pick up Stone Cold Killer, by the way, and also look for your new double single in the spring? You're going to have to come back when that's ready. Yes, we'd love to. Um, you can find it on any streaming platform, um, and usually at shows we have bootlegs. We're going to get some more made, but um, if you want. Physical copies hit us up. We'd be more than willing to send you one in the mail. Otherwise, yeah, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, everything there, um, as well as that double single coming. What's the website? What's your social handle? Yeah, that'd be the Painted Roses Band on uh, Instagram, as well as Twitter and Facebook. Um, and we are working on the website. It's in construction. <laughs> Very cool. We'll put all those links in the show notes. And don't forget the Metro in two weeks. We'll put a link in the show notes for that. You're going to be playing the Tree Fort Festival in late March. Aldine, do the honors on this last song from the Painted Roses. Thanks for joining us, you guys, and the girls that weren't here. This one is my day for the Painted Roses, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM.
get me to feel this way, I think I'll be coming home. It's been such a long time. Oh, I think I might have made one too many a mistake. If you help me find my way, I promise I'll do the same one day. We had the world in hand, and now I've got it back. All the good times that I thought we had. And I've been drinking since you've gone. I can't put my finger on I ended up this way. What a way to waste your day. Fades. It's sharper than.